0: Ray Brown's talking Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com
2: By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com And Video Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com
1: Good morning! Welcome to our show number 856. Starting off with an amazing scientific discovery concerning the largest wild bird in America, the iconic California condor. So here's the story. Scientists from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Conservation Alliance have confirmed the hatching of two California condor chicks from unfertilized eggs of two condor mothers. That's right, no male condors involved. Genetic testing confirmed that both chicks were related to their mothers, but neither was related to a male. So this marks the first two instances of asexual reproduction or parthenogenesis to be confirmed in California condors. The American Genetic Association's official journal says this development could have rippling effects for wildlife genetics and conservation science. And we hope to have a researcher here on the show soon to talk more about this and about California condors and how they are doing in general, too. Well, we often get to listen to audio postcards sent to us by our own Freya McGregor. But we've also invited Talkin' Birds listeners to send us their own recordings of their experiences out there looking for birds. And this morning we have one from Linda, a.k.a. Muffy, in Baltimore, Maryland. And here it is.
2: Good morning birders, this is Ambassador Muffy and I am in Patterson Park in Baltimore City. I'm with a group of birders. We're walking through the park. Um, Our group has been organized by the Patterson Park Audubon. And we are seeing lots of great birds this morning. Little guys like hermit thrushes and ruby crowned kinglets and song sparrows and white-throated sparrows. So it's a wonderful day after our horrendous nor'easter of yesterday. But the birds are out, and so are we. Happy birding to you, too.
1: That deserves a little applause there, I think. Nice job. That was pretty good. That's Muffy, uh, Ambassador Muffy, as you heard, her say there. If you'd like to send us an audio postcard, just make a little recording and send an MP3 of it by email to ray at talkingbirds.com. There's a bird that's kind of talking because it's sort of saying its name or part of it. It's our mystery bird. This is a preview of our contest coming along a bit later on in our show. The mystery bird contest presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Today's mystery bird is a tyrant. Our bird is 8 to 9 inches long. Its head is black with a strong white eye stripe. The upper parts are brown. The wings and tail brown with usually strong rufous fringes or edges. Its chest and undersides are bright yellow. Its throat is white and it has a short, thick black bill. Our bird uh, found year-round mostly in South Texas. Hunts for prey by waiting on an open perch high in a tree and sallying out to catch insects in flight or sometimes pouncing on small rodents and other small vertebrates. It will also take fruit from vegetation by gleaning and jumping for it or tearing it off in mid-hover. So, our mystery bird. This is the preview. We'll do the show. We'll do the uh, actual contest a bit later on in our show today. And we'll give away some pretty cool stuff, including the Droll Yankees New Generation Metal Finch Sock with a beautiful yellow top and base that offers the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal. It can be hung or pole-mounted. And our other prize is, I have it right here. It's this beautiful feather-friendly window marker kit to make your windows visible to birds and prevent... Deadly collisions while remaining unobtrusive to humans. It's a cool thing. This whole kit, they give you a whole instruction thing with graphic instructions. It is super easy to follow for installation. Even a bird collision information guide comes with it, which is really nice. Lots of information about birds and hanging feeders and where and how to hang them and all kinds of interesting stuff like that prizes on our mystery bird contest and time permitting we'll do a bonus question and give away a 20 dollars gift certificate to window supply company they make all that great stuff for your office or school all plastic free and bird friendly all that on our mystery bird contest coming along on this morning's show we love to salute our ambassadors, folks who uh, sign up to help us get the word out about our show and about birds and conservation. And we want to say thanks to Kevin Archer from Covington, Louisiana. Kevin says, I've been a birder for about 30 years, mostly in southeast Louisiana and lower Ontario, Canada. Love the podcast. Always very informative. And thank you so much, Kevin. And thank you to this long distance Ambassador javier p from buenos aires argentina javier says for several years i've been working for a company that offers birding tours for international tourists started listening to the show as a way to improve my english and soon realized it's wonderful both for the quality of the content and the commitment to conservation and birds i've recommended talking birds to all my birder friends and other bird enthusiasts Thank you so much, Javier, for that and those kind words. And Talking Birds listeners, we hereby invite you to join our ambassador's family. Really easy to do and easy to sign up for. To sign up, just go to TalkingBirds.com and click on the Get Involved tab there at the top of the page. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment about Mockingbirds and maybe a little Halloween stuff, too. And meanwhile, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology has a website called Celebrate Urban Birds, with a page there headlined Spooky Birds You Could See This Halloween. The list includes species like common raven, barn owl, turkey vulture, and one that's really more interesting than scary, maybe. It's today's featured feathered friend, Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. See, my own sweet jewel, what I have for my darling, a robin, red breast, and a starling. Those Elizabethan-style lyrics remind us that today's featured feathered friend the European starling, has been regarded in other eras in a more favorable light than it is here in 21st century North America. How else to explain why back in 1890, New York businessman Eugene Schieflin released 60 starlings in New York's Central Park and later released 40 more? His aim, misguided though it was, was to bring all of the bird species mentioned in the works of Shakespeare to the US. The rest, as they say, is history. By the middle of the 20th century, starlings had colonized the whole continent, growing from that original batch of 100 to a population now estimated at about 200 million. And starlings are not going away, so we may as well try to appreciate them for what they are. Attractive and interesting birds, with the feathers that they grow in fall showing bold white tips that wear away over the winter, creating their solid brownish-black, iridescent spring appearance. It's a process that scientists call wear-molt. Starlings are preyed upon by raptors and have evolved a defense in which they form a tight ball of birds, creating a spectacular show as this apparently leaderless blob expands, contracts, and changes shape to elude its attackers in the amazing phenomenon of starling murmuration. The songs of the European starling include rattling and hissing and gurgling sounds along with high-pitched, drawn-out whistles. That's the sound of a bird that's infamous for stealing nesting cavities from kestrels, flycatchers, swallows, wrens, and bluebirds. But they're doing what comes naturally, and we're helping them. Starlings thrive in places we've created, roosting in our buildings and foraging in our lawns. So if you don't like starlings, don't blame them. Blame your fellow humans. Especially Mr. Eugene Sheeflin. The European Starling, Sternus vulgaris. Today's talking Birds, featured Feathered Friends. Welcome again to our show number 856. Danielle Kashubi is a data analyst and coordinator of the MAPS program and bird banding guru for the Institute of Bird Populations based in Petaluma, California. And she's here with us from her office in Post Falls, Idaho, to decode that MAPS acronym for us and tell us what she does in association with it. Good morning, Danielle.
2: Good morning, Ray.
1: Wonderful to have you with us from all the way there, early up on the West Coast. So tell us about MAPS, if you would, and uh, what that stands for and why it's important for birds.
2: Absolutely. So MAPS stands for Monitoring Avian Productivity and Survivorship. And what the MAPS program is designed to do is to find the underlying causes of population changes. So Mm -hmm. are the birds surviving poorly or really well um, when there's a population change? Are there not enough young being produced or are there lots of young being produced? And to find these underlying causes so that when conservation takes place, we know where in the life cycle we want to target any conservation.
1: Uh (coughs) So MAPS has been around for a while, founded, I believe, in 19... eighty nine and really kind of a game changer, right? In terms of bird banding and the data resulting from that?
2: One hundred percent. There was not really before that any coordinated network of bird banding stations. There were, have definitely been bird banding stations that have been around for many, many, many years before the maps program began but there wasn't a coordination and by taking this program coordinating bird banding stations that were already present and adding many many more banding stations it fills in many gaps of habitat location, um, bird species that weren't being captured by bird observatories. And so now we have a huge repository of interconnected stations all using the same protocol so that we can get better data and more information from the bird banding stations.
1: By the way, people think about bird banding in light of all the incredible modern technology of other sorts with satellite tracking and all that sort of thing. It seems a little bit old school or old fashioned, but that's not really true, is it?
2: No, not really. Um, Bird banding, what's really nice when you have a bird in the hand that you can use all those um, fancy tracking devices and things like that, but just putting on that simple little band and letting the bird go and seeing if it comes back can give us so much information, Um, and it's much more... it's much less expensive to do just a little bird band and it's amazing when we're breeding season program we get about 10% of the birds back every year so that we mm-hmm. can see these birds they come back and exactly to the same spot that they bred after migrating several thousand miles it's pretty amazing yeah
1: and by the way some people uh, we hear from say well you shouldn't be doing this it's uh, upsetting for the birds and maybe <clears throat> dangerous for them but the fact that they come back kind of uh, counters that argument
2: absolutely it's it's um we don't take bird banding lightly it's not something that we go out and do for just for fun we make sure that we have a good underlying scientific purpose and we do know that it's interrupting their lives it's not something like we take lightly but yes we get them back they even if we don't get them back from year to year we'll get them at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season and yeah it's really Um, something that we take seriously but is is we feel is really important and not so hard on them
1: Mm -hmm. well your colleague steve albert was with us on the show back in june talking about another acronym MOSI, the monitoring overwinter survival that focuses on bird monitoring through the northern neotropics um how do those coordinate with that is that is that sort of a natural um connection there between those north and south that really leads to a lot more data
2: 100 percent we started the maps program back in 1989 and we were looking at what was happening here on the breeding grounds for a lot of these species but the breeding ground they're only here for about four to five months every year that leaves mm-hmm. a good portion of their lives where we don't know what's happening and we know that in order to conserve, conserve a bird's existence we need to know more about their life cycle so we um um, started the initiative of Mozi to look and see what was happening on the winter ground for these species mm-hmm. and to see where the 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 points are where they're being where their conservation is necessary so um, to see whether or not we need to improve the breeding grounds or whether or not the winter grounds and where we can what can happen on migration. Mm-hmm.
1: Well another big collaboration you have is with the bird genoscape project involving DNA sequencing tell us a bit about that and what uh, what you get from that.
2: Um, So we've been partners with the bird genoscape program for many years. They have an amazing program. And while we have a bird in hand, we pull a tail feather from them. It's just, it's not a big thing. It's like plucking a hair out of your head. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the very tip of the feather, there's just a tiny bit of flesh with a tiny bit of DNA. And they can take that DNA and they can um, expand it and look at the mitochondrial DNA and look at the different dna in different populations mm-hmm. in the past they had to take a blood sample um, from certain populations to get the base genetic code but technology has come so far that just one little feather um, can give them a, a population give them information about the dna of that population an mm-hmm. example that's a really great one where they've done some research is with wilson's warblers and there are several populations genetic populations of wilson's warblers in north america some of them are doing fine, and some of them are in decline. Mm-hmm. And they were able to link those northern breeding range areas to areas where the the species is breeding. Sorry, where the species is wintering, and they can see that the air, Wilson's warbler, where the one population that's declining in the North America, it's in actually winters in a very small area in the south. So, in when we're trying to conserve the species, we want to target those areas, see if we can improve the habitat in the areas where the bird is declining, both on the winter ground and on the summer ground, Mm -hmm. rather than putting all of our efforts and just generally, um, when we have limited resources, we can target where those resources go.
1: Mm -hmm. We're really short of time, but I Mm -hmm. I just wanted to mention about your bird banding instruction work and you travel all around North America and we need more bird banders, right? to, uh, To learn how to do this.
2: Absolutely. Uh, If anyone is interested in seeing a bird up close, I recommend looking for someone who can take you out birding. There's nothing more special than holding one of these little birds in your hands Mm -hmm. and knowing that you are helping to conserve it while you do so we offer bird banding classes you can get them on uh you can see more information on birdpop.org but there are also bird banders all across the country that are willing to take visitors and apprentices on so if you need help feel free to reach out to me and i can often locate a bander in your area so that you can go out and visit the station and see if you can part do that as, as part of your work for birds very
1: cool daniel kashubi is coordinator of the maps monitoring avian productivity and survivorship for the Institute for Bird Populations. Find out more about her great work at that address you just heard, birdpop.org. That's birdpop.org. Danielle, thanks for being with us and thanks for your great work on behalf of birds. My pleasure.
2: Thanks for having me, Ray. You are. I look more... forward to
1: listening more. All right. We Well, that's great. Thank you so much. Danielle Kashubi here on Talking Birds. Our mystery bird contest is coming right up. But first, if you've been listening to Talking Birds for a while, you've probably heard us talk about a thing called Plurting. The word is kind of a mashup of the phrase picking up litter while birding. Something we think is a pretty good idea. So we take the word birding, remove the B and replace it with PL for picking up litter, then add the rest of the word birding, and we get plurting. So we've now created a proud plurder program to thank folks who are out there plurting or who'd like to pledge to do it. I'll explain how to get involved in a moment, but first we want to recognize and honor our first official proud plurters, and they are Joy Klump from the Woodlands, Texas, and all of the students in her Birding Joy class for new birders that Joy teaches through the support of the Woodland Township Environmental Services Department. Thank you, Joy, and thank you, Birding Joy students, for becoming our first proud plurters. Check out our website and Facebook page and you'll see Joy and her class of new birders proudly holding up their, plur- their plurting pledge certificates. And we've sent them their official Proud Plurter badges, iron-on badges. For details, just go to TalkingBirds.com slash where you can see how to become a proud plurder. On to our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit VortexOptics.com. There's our mystery bird saying part of its name there, kind of. It's a tyrant. Our bird is 8 to 9 inches long. Its head is black with a strong white eye stripe. The upper parts are brown. The wings and tail are brown with generally strong rufous fringes. Its chest and undersides are bright yellow. Its throat is white, and it has a short, thick, black bill. Here in the U.S., our bird is found mostly year-round in South Texas, hunting for prey by waiting on an open perch high in a tree and sallying out to catch insects in flight or to pounce on rodents and similar small vertebrates. It'll also take fruit from vegetation by gleaning and jumping for it or tearing it off in mid-hover. That's our mystery bird. Give us a call and tell us what you think it is. Remember, no correct answer means a drawing determines our winner. So give it a try or tell us what that bird is at 781-837-4900. That is 781-837-4900. Beautiful prizes from Droll Yankees and Feather Friendly are waiting here for our mystery bird contest winner. And once again, that's 781 837 4-900 Meanwhile, let's, let's ask Mike live in just one minute O Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world new, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O.
2: Beautyobooks.com. Hey, this is Patrick Oakes from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. What I love about being a Talking Birds Ambassador is that, as a soldier, no matter where the Army sends me, I have found there's always birds. And it's a great thing to share with other soldiers to give us peace of mind while we're away from family and friends. I like the wide range of topics that you can get on the show, from birds to nature to conservation in general. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassador's family at TalkinBirds.com. Join today, and thanks.
1: Now it's down to the Birdwatcher's general store on Cape Cod, where trick-or-treaters who visit receive suet bars and little bags of sunflower seed. Mike O'Connor is there. Good morning, Mike. And, uh, uh,
0: good morning, Ray, and happy
1: Halloween yep. to everybody! Happy Halloween to you! Yes, you have
0: some. And, and don't and don't listen to you. We're giving away nothing when you go there. Nothing
1: at all. Okay. Well, <laughs> good to know ahead of time. You know, you can just kind of skip by. Uh, uh, yeah. All right.
0: Yeah, Nothing yeah, no, we, you'll get some. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll give you some suet. We don't care. You know, it's it's a festive mm-hmm. time of year.
1: Yeah, for so sure. You just like a handful. Is that how you do it? You kind of hold out your hand and yeah, you put right. the suet yeah. right in. <laughs> that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, because we're trying to <laughs> save packaging, so everybody just exactly. Grabs.
1: You really are. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, uh about the environment. What, what do you got here this morning?
0: Well, oh, I, I, you know, I, th- I thought about uh, doing a show about uh, something spooky about birds, but I decided. Mm-hmm. Birds aren't spooky. Birds are uh, you know creatures that we look for enjoyment. So yeah. I didn't want to tell people a spooky story about birds, but I do want to give a shout out, speaking with at least a spooky name, to to Wicked Liz up there in <laughs> St. Cloud, Minnesota. She sent you a nice note and yeah. uh, gave me some plugs. So uh, so that's as spooky as we're going to get. A shout out to Wicked Liz up there in St. Okay, Cloud, Minnesota.
1: She's not spooky at all. I can
0: not uh, at no, all. Not at all. But no. I did get another uh, a couple of notes from people mm-hmm. who want to know why northern mockingbirds uh a very popular bird as a matter of fact it's the state bird of how many u.s states ray
1: oh it's a, probably five. half a dozen is it or
0: too <laughs> so close yep. yeah five five yeah five you know, states that's not bad it's a very popular <laughs> bird and um there's a lot of people talking about them singing right now or, you know, doing their their mimics, their imitations, they're very good mimics, they imitate other birds and other uh, sounds, too, including mechanical sounds and things like that. And most birds sing in the spring because that's their breeding territory and they want to announce it and they want to get a mate. <laughs> and but most of them go quiet this time of year but a few birds namely owls that stay on their territory year-round and around here at carolina around another bird that stays on its territory year-round they're very vocal and they're trying to defend their little territory but mockingbirds are a little different they have a spring territory like everybody else and they nice. they give their uh multiple calls but this time of year they're also doing it but not so much for a breeding territory, they find a patch of food that they want, and they don't want anybody coming near it. So they sing to keep other mockingbirds away, but they also want to keep other, like you said, starlings, starlings you mentioned earlier, yeah. in robins, and other birds that'll they'll eat the berries off their plants. So they're they're very aggressive, and they're very good at keeping the other birds away. But they'll also sing to keep other mockingbirds birds away. Mm-hmm. And some people will complain if you know, if they get a mockingbird, it'll drive all the other birds out of their way, out of their yard,
1: but they'll figure it out. They birds will always figure it out. They will figure it out. Just like the trick or treaters, they'll figure it out. If they want a handful of suet, the Bird Watchers general store is a place. That's
0: right. Dig in. Okay. They dig in. No packaging today.
1: <laughs> Talk to you next week, Mike. Okay, you
0: too, right? Bye bye.
1: Back to the mystery bird contest after this. Every Wednesday, Bird Watching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to bird watchers, including recent news stories about birds' conservation and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Okay, so the Mystery Bird Contest, 781-837-4900 is the number to call to take part and uh, maybe win some of those pretty terrific prizes. Seven eight one eight three seven four nine hundred is the number, and Michael is somewhere in New York. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Good morning, um, yes. i have been to guess the mystery bird is Chuck Will's Widow. Chuck Will's Widow is the guest from Michael in New York. That sound would seem to indicate that is not the uh, answer that's written down here on this uh, paper here. But thank you for oh, okay. thank you thank for that you. for that try, Michael. Guessing the chuckwills sure. widow, yeah, kind of a southern uh, equivalent of uh, of um, the northern bird, the um, the the uh, whippoorwill, eastern whippoorwill. All right, so we go to Judy, who's in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Good morning, Judy. Yes, hi. Hi, hi,
0: Judy. Hi, uh, yes. Yeah. Sounds like I
1: you're on. <laughs> you sound like you're on the road there.
0: I am. I yeah. thought
1: it was the Whippoorwill. Oh, but that's not going to be your guess, right? Because we just said something about the Whippoorwill there. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> um, okay, well, that was not exactly the right answer, but uh, thank you so much for, for, for giving it a try there. I right, thank
2: you. Have a great
1: day. All right, thank you, Judy. And thank you, uh, Michael, for those guesses, kind of Whippoorwill-flavored uh, guesses there, or... Um, what do we what do we uh, call those uh, goat suckers? As sometimes they're called. That's a whole another story too. That group of birds that catches insects in the air with a giant gaping mouth. I think we're going to have to kind of flip the cards over this time because uh, we're running out of time here. But um, we want to not forget to identify the bird, which we often do when uh, this circumstance happens, and um, we'll identify the bird, which is the great kiskadee the great kiskadee is our mystery bird and can we choose a winner here uh, yes i'm flipping over the tarot cards today because oh, yeah. it's halloween and uh it has revealed that michael is the winner michael is the winner there way to go michael in new york for uh, taking part in our mystery bird contest and uh, we have those beautiful prizes we'll Uh, Send to you, Michael, if you're not still on the line, please jump on there and we'll uh, arrange to uh, do that. Before we go, hats off to members of the Talking Birds flock. You can join up at Facebook.com. It's a pretty cool thing. Next week, we'll hear about a new book called Ornotherapy. Ornotherapy, about connecting birds and nature in a mindful way. Next week here on Talking Birds, we hope you'll join us. See you next week.
0: Ray Brown's Talking Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com
2: By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com And Video An independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com